Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm bored, Calvin. That's why I wanted You're to get bored. you on the podcast. I'm feeling... I'm feeling like I'm in a, a period of creative kind of stasis. Like I'm treading water, if you know what I mean. I think, I feel like the last few months it's very much been steady, but not very much the same. I guess that happens with creativity though, doesn't it? Well, when was the last time that happened for you? Probably at the start of lockdown, because you were given so much free time all of a sudden. And it was, it was then like this overwhelming pressure of, oh, well, now I've got all this free time, I should be able to fill it with non-stop creativity. But then that pressure of being like, okay, you have to be creative, just then gets rid of all kind of emotion and creativity you, you can have. I think that's different from music as well, though, because music's something that you have to wait to come to you and you have to try and then get that out. Whereas if you're doing something like this, well, that's one of the things I do quite like about this is you can kind of do it all the time. As long as you're able yeah. to keep getting guests coming in, you can keep being creative. Okay, yeah. Well, I, I guess as well, you've got the advantage of each guest is something new and it's, it, it can be fresh and, and totally different from like one another. I think that's part of the problem to an extent though, as I think I'm kind oh, of really? getting a little bit tired of it just being songwriters every episode. Right, okay. Because you are, you're kind of, you're in a ballpark, even though every yeah. guest is different. The confines are still there and you do find you kind of hit on some of the same notes. Uh-huh. Fairly frequently. Yeah, I guess. I guess. How did you get out of your period of creative stasis last year then? Um, I think I just tried to not think about it um, and get rid of that, that pressure that I put on myself. Like, came from nowhere else other than, than within, you know? Yeah, just trying not to think about it. And like you said, the way that music comes uh to you naturally and organically like let that happen instead of like i mean it's all it's all good and well to maybe like give yourself a time period where you think i'll sit down and write something uh but at the same time i mean you're still kind of confining yourself in, into a box there you know and it, it can make it difficult yeah Especially, yeah, I think the pressure, I mean, some people thrive off of pressure. I'm definitely not that person. <laughs> so this, this is just my experience, you know. Who do you know that thrives off of pressure? Uh, Jack White. 
he'll everything I've said he'll go completely against he'll put himself in the smallest box with the most amount of restrictions he can think of it's all things about threes isn't it yeah well I think for the I think for the white stripes it was I don't know how it is with his solo stuff but yeah he put himself in or give himself so many restrictions that he's forced to create something with so little which I, I guess that can work you know and it makes sense in that scenario until it runs its course yeah which is what happened happened. with white stripes yeah exactly and yeah I guess that's also a two piece thing isn't it two pieces always end up building on it and becoming not so much of a two piece anymore which isn't always a bad thing what did you think of the last Royal Blood album um I I guess I like that it went into quite a different direction because the second album was it was just like a it was like all the stuff from the first album that wasn't used. Is the room used. on fire? Is the room on fire? It's no, it's. <laughs> oh, it's. <laughs> sorry, I thought because you were talking about there's an orange light back there. You thought my room was on fire. No, I'm I th- see what it, you're saying. It's their room on fire. Like you take yeah. the first record, you kind of compact it a little bit, make it a little bit more deadly, but it's much and such the same. Just kind of yep. done to a better degree. Yeah. But yeah. So like I that do love album, that second Royal Blood album. To be fair, really, yeah, I really like it. I prefer the first one. I think the first one's got a bit more honesty to it. It's raw grit. Yeah, mine's the first Iron Monkeys album. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But yeah, that that new one, I guess like nothing really stood out to me apart from like the singles maybe, and I like that they were trying something quite different and they've gone this kind of disco funky vibe I guess but I didn't I didn't LCD sound system kind of stuff mm, I mean there's a few cowbells in there isn't there (laughs) yeah I guess (laughs) they've had cow they've had cowbells for a while though to be fair I think I remember a cowbell in the first album can't remember what song I'm sure there is sneaking in there I mean you you can always fit a cowbell in always I mean, they insist upon it. No matter what anyone says, you can, whatever you're doing, you can fit a cowbell in. Have There's you ever room. used a cowbell in a song? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, the, the latest Weekend Debt recordings, I think, we re- Grant really wanted, um, it wasn't a cowbell, it was like uh, one of the, one of the like, one of the wooden blocks. It was like a wee, I know what you mean, yeah. a wee rhythm. He wanted to include that. And I think he, br- he, he got Harvey to bring it to the studio and then he brought it out and Jamie just kind of turned around and was like, yeah, we'll think about it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely put it on later bass, you know. <laughs> it's not priority right now. And Grant's like, yeah, yeah, do this bit. And it goes, I can't even remember what, what part it was or what song. But it's something where it goes like, do, 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 do. Something like that. Terrible description. That sounds but. like an iPhone jingle. <laughs> Just made out of. I really can't remember what this one was called. Some kind of wooden block thing. You know, you, know you get you that. Mean, yeah, yeah. You get that box in in primary school in music that just has all those random percussion instruments. Everyone just picks them up and whacks them. Just and that captured your musical imagination from the get. Yeah, as soon as that's you got all that box, you were off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I reckon that's how it started for Grant. <laughs> he's always wanted to put cowbell in. That's why he's coming back to it. He's kind of chasing that childhood dream. Like it's mm. his rosebud. Yeah, it, it, that's where it stems from. Must be. 
when were you in when were you last in with them in the studio um what was that two three weeks ago um it was, it was i mean as with everything it was continuously delayed um we had to delay i think because it was meant to be it was maybe meant to be like the end of last year well you were supposed to go into the studio in april 2020 i remember oh yeah okay yeah so that was the you first were delay to go in and then because i remember speaking to callum when the first lockdown happened and he uh-huh. was like maybe we'll get in a few weeks if we're lucky N- no not a nah. chance i think i knew that wasn't gonna happen as well i think everyone knew uh, yeah, so that was the first delay. So there's maybe been three or four times we had to reschedule. Um, and then, like, they had to move studio as well because originally we were recording in Lo-Fi with Jamie and then they lost that because Lo-Fi shut down. Um, Has so anyone had to taken that over yet? What's the story? Uh, can't comment on that. No idea. I think the guy just sold the building. I don't know what it's being used for. I mean, that put a lot in cover though, didn't it? People kind of yeah. just ditched their... Realizing they're not, they're, yeah, they're not going to make any money from that and selling it for parts, basically. Um, like an old car. Yeah. <laughs> like an old uh, <laughs> You should do more of that accent. <laughs> that should be your thing. Mate, I don't know what that accent was. It was like a really bad Cockney accent, I think. It could definitely become a... A running theme for you. I've been thinking just, about, maybe that's what I should do to spice it up to kind of yeah. end this creative drought is bringing some characters. Oh, now you're talking. That's really <laughs> going to open it up. You, you've got so many avenues to go down. Do you know what? I, I, I was thinking when I come on this, like, do do I put on a radio voice? You know, do I what do I change my accent? Voice, what would your radio voice be? Um. Oh, now you've put me on the spot. I don't know. Oh, well, see, see if I you could heard be, the first podcast intros. Uh-huh. There was an attempt of a 17-year-old Alex Matthew trying to do a radio voice that... Really? What's your radio voice? The, I don't know. I, I don't know what a radio voice... I just speak normal. I think that's part of the shtick now, isn't it? That's just supposed yeah. to be a conversation. I guess, yeah. I I don't know, because, I mean, you can go, you can go, like, soft, and you can speak like you're, you're telling the news on Radio 4. Um, or you can forecast. you can be you can be upbeat and like all these like uh, American podcasters and influencers and they're like what's up guys you know that kind of thing <laughs> I'm not going to do that again <laughs> don't worry I won't bring that Zane Lowe kind of pioneered that or not pioneered that rather but he I remember Radio One used to be very like everyone would just speak it was all kind of normal talking voice shipping forecast and then you get this Aussie guy that comes in who's just shouting he's standing up yeah 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 fair enough. I'd say uh, Jack Saunders is one of the ones that sounds the most energetic, for sure. Maybe a little too energetic sometimes. Too energetic. You know me, Calvin. I like things to be a little <laughs> bit during depressing. <laughs> I don't know. I walk I think... into a room and I sense that someone's happiness is at an eight point three. I might make, you need to bring it down. Take it down to a five point. You'll focus on maybe. them. Yeah. yeah, I'll hone is it. That... I'll try and bring them down. You bring people on the podcasts that you know are happy and, and enjoying life. You just want to. You just want to bring them down a step. I trick them. I like yeah. to talk about all the things that they feel comfortable with, and then I sideswipe them with. Oh yeah, something they feel very uncomfortable about. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait for the next hour. Mate, I wonder what. I know exactly <laughs> what I'm going to use to take you down. <laughs> I'm actually scared. <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty threatening. It's your dizzy rascal story. 
And Dizzy Rascal's story. Oh, we'll talk about that soon. Um, Why will we? No, I was going to say, you sound, you sound more energetic now. I wouldn't say you sound overtly energetic. Now, is it at this specific moment when we're podcasting or in general now that we're, I'm further into the podcast? No, as, as, in, as in like your podcasts now compared to episode one. Oh, mate, they were society. fucking atrocious. I listened back to the, it was the one with Carlos Dengler. Like it was only that, that was only like in January, February. Uh-huh. And I am so flat the whole fucking show. Like flat as in dull. And yeah, dry. Yeah. Well, I think part of the issue is as well, though, is that, and this is what's going to be interesting. Then when we start doing them in person again, is that I'm talking to a Zoom screen like we're doing now. Yeah, okay. And it's a lot harder because I, I can't lie. That's part of the problem is that I can't put on that fake radio voice. Yeah, I just it just sounds weird if I try and do that. So it needs to be genuine. And when you're talking through a Zoom screen, it's a lot harder to do that. But I think when when we go back to doing them in person, that'll keep kind of going up that expression. Uh-huh. Yeah. You find it easier to connect in person rather than, or, or or like kind of get more honest answers out of people or get the conversation yeah, going I mean, and flowing. Course. Yeah, because it's a lot easier to kind of just make that direct kind of yeah. connection, for lack of a better term. I feel like I feel like people are in different boats on that because some people are enjoying this online aspect of it and not actually having to face people and and talk to people in person. I was, but no. I feel like I've had a wall with it. Yeah. Similar to what we're speaking about, that kind of creative stasis, I just feel like I've got to a point where I want to be in a room with people again. Yeah, that's fair enough. I'm, I guess I'm the same. I guess some things I could deal with it being online still, and then other things you need that, you need that like social community and, and in person, obviously everything to do with music. You well, need to be with people to be, really yeah. excel. It'll be interesting to see those touch summer nights go ahead, because so that could really be the kind of focal point of when the musical community yeah. gets back together after all of this. Yeah, because I guess that's one of the first things planned back, isn't it? Is that well, August? I think it's August. Yeah, it's the month. They've done it a little bit shorter this year, I think, haven't they? Yeah. Well, we're doing we're doing a Dutch wine show for four through two and that's like their their endless summer showcase thing so i think it's the same idea like a, just a bunch of nights i think i was we were supposed to do one of them last year there was going to be a vintage one. Oh, really yeah, in 2020 nice. when it still looked like there was going to be a summer yeah um i can't remember who was in the lineup for that we booked it i think fauna were headlining or something i can't nice. remember they're doing the touch one now though i think yeah yeah i think they are is we're looking back, like all these kind of plans that were once upon a time going to be a reality are now kind of just things that you forget about. I love seeing how many times you've had to reschedule your, like, what was it, the milk show and the velour show. Oh, that velour show can fuck <laughs> off, man. <laughs> I'm was, glad I, that's I, behind me. I mean, not just you, but like seeing people's like tours and gigs uh, get rescheduled constantly. So like I, I had... I got tickets for Foles at Christmas 2019 and I'm now not seeing them until April 2022 because of how many times it's been well, rescheduled and pushed back. It's only been pushed back twice though because remember the first time they pushed it back a year and everyone said, oh, they're crazy pushing it back a year to spring 2021. Of course, yeah, you're going to in yeah. the autumn. And then... And then change again. 
Yeah, because it was meant to be April 2020 originally. They were on the transmit bill as well, weren't they? Were they? I'd they almost definitely were. They were second from the top, I'm pretty sure. I can't remember that. I can't I, I can't even remember the transmit lineup for this year. They were year. on the Saturday, I think. Right. Man, I just want a proper Scottish music festival back again. Yeah. I never went to festival. Tea in the Park. No, neither did I. I never went to Tea in the Park either. And I'll regret it to this day. I wasn't... When did Tea in the Park finish? Uh, 20... 2016, maybe? Yes, I would have been 15, so it's like... I didn't even uh, really have the... A opp- year after that, I probably would have. The uh-huh. first time I went to Transbit was 2018. Was that not the first year? Or was it 2017? 2017 was first year. Radio yeah, Act, I went to that. In 1975. Biffy. The View, I think, played that as well, didn't they? Probably. I don't really remember, actually. <laughs> I, I was why. really, I was really gutted at Radiohead because for some reason where we were standing, the sound was atrocious, and like I thought it was just, I didn't even, I, I thought it was like for everyone. I was like, why is nobody complaining about this? Like it sounds terrible, but it must have just been where I was standing and I had a, I had a bad spot or something, but it, it ruined like half of it for me. There was bits in songs where I was like, there should be something happening there. And I can see, I can see Johnny can playing the guitar. It. Yeah. I can see Johnny playing the guitar. I can see him playing the part and nothing's coming through. It was really weird. We had the same thing. We went to see the Strokes in Spain. Mm-hmm. We were kind of like six feet from the barrier right at the front. Uh, at Benicassim? No, it was a BBK. Oh, right. But yeah, the nice. sound was dog shit. I think there's something about when you get that close to it, you just can't quite get that. Well, it just becomes too distorted or... Yeah, it's just all a muddy kind of mush. Yeah, yes. Where were you though? What was going on with you? I think we were stood... Well, that's why I was confused as well, because I think we were stood pretty close to where the the sound desk was set up. So I thought, I mean, this is where the sound guy's standing. This will be the best spot. This is where, this is where he's like making the sound happen. He's standing there was, with his little linears in. Yeah, <laughs> and it was shit. Um, I, I, I really don't know what, maybe it was like just the set of speakers that, that we were standing next to. And it, I don't remember it happening for any of the other like headliners or main stage acts. So I don't even know if it was a, a Radiohead thing. But yeah, it, it, it was pretty annoying. And I, I, that's the only time I've seen... With you. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what it is. He hates me. Have you not seen that tweet? <laughs> what tweet? Tom York. Tom York tweeted, "I I fucking hate Calvin Smith." Who retweeted? That's why I want to know. Lots of people. Calvin I think Harris. Morrissey was in there. Nah, Morrissey would definitely be on your side for obvious. reasons. You think? Yeah. For obvious reasons, what? Because I'm my second name Smith. Is this his second name Smith? No, but he was in a band called The Smiths, so we got to stick together. Morrissey like is his second name, called, isn't it? Hmm? Morrissey is his second name. I don't know what he's, his fucking name is. <laughs> I'm sure it's like he's Stephen Morrissey or something. Yeah, Stephen yeah. James Morrissey. Oh, see, you do Stephen know. Clive Morrissey. <laughs> okay, now I feel like you're just making it up. Uh, what were you saying about? I cut you off earlier on about you. <laughs> You've <went> cut <laughs> this. This conversation has trailed right off. This went from oh, when were you last in the, in the studio with Weekend Dead? I was going to come back to yeah. yeah. 
I was going to say that, but I was also just enjoying the, the tangents we were going off on. This is why I wanted um, to do this. This is what I was saying at the start, because because I'm bored with it. I just wanted to have you on to just have a conversation where we kind of just free ramble and go in all sorts of interest in different directions. Right. What everyone wants to hear. Two white guys talking about absolutely nothing. Yeah, mate. We've got to keep up with the 93% white guy policy that I have on the podcast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> You think I'm joking, but I worked that out. That's true. That's factually accurate. Is it? Yeah, fucking. So you got to sort that out. I tried. I tried back in. I remember when we did the first fifty podcast, and there was only two women were on it. Uh huh. I emailed like sixty female acts to try and fix that balance, and fucking none got back. So it's like, I think when you're in this position, when you don't really have any clout, you've kind of just got to take what you can get, and then when you get to a position of a platform, then you can be held accountable for not giving equal voice if that makes yeah. sense fair enough well but you were oh, in yeah. the studio with weekend <laughs> it's in the studio with weekend um so yeah so that got delayed like four times uh the most recent delay was because we it was literally we're going in saturday and sunday i think it was and then uh grant someone in grant's work got covid he had to isolate uh, so we literally had to cancel a day before. Did he uh, have COVID? We, he didn't know. He's actually isolating again now, which is really funny. So that's like very two grand. times in very grand. Yeah. He's just he's just lazy, you know, he's lying. He just loves these these ten days off at a time. He's seen it's, on it's, TikTok he's been pouring vinegar on the COVID test to get it to come back <laughs> a false positive. Is that how is that how it's done? You're not seeing that in like schools in England. I've not, no. They I'll pour use like that. vinegar on the COVID test and then the whole class gets like two weeks off that's pretty funny it comes back positive these kids man they're innovative they've got a lot of character about them <laughs> you know <laughs> oh, with all their faults they know how to fuck the system <laughs> they're figuring it out they're flying that's the flag for the revolution as they pour their vinegar on the covid test <laughs> yeah. so 21st century you say that you said that to someone 20 years ago they'd be like what the fuck are you talking about What's TikTok? What's COVID? What the hell is vinegar? Was vinegar about 20 years ago? We just put gruel on our chips. <laughs> gruel or bovril? Bovril? Uh, I, I mean, I'd try it. you never a fan of bovril at a footy game? Um, That's what no. I miss, the pies at the Aberdeen FC. Oh, really? Out of everything that COVID has taken from me. Uh-huh. You miss the pies. It's the pitaudry pies. That's... I guess, you know, each to their own. I mean, I'm sure you can still get a good pie somewhere. Who are you, a proud Partick Thistle supporter? Yeah, yeah, I lived in Mary Hope for two years. <laughs> Partick Thistle and proud. I feel like I you'd be to, quite close to Livingston. Were you, you Falkirk? Yeah, well, yeah, my mum and dad, Falkirk. Um, so, so Falkirk. Or Livingston. Um, no, because Callum's a Livingston supporter, isn't he? Supposedly. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> it's all a so lie. So, no, I don't want to be a Livingston supporter. Because clearly, if, you know, there's something wrong if Callum's supporting them. God bless you. God bless you. He's re- he's recovering from COVID as well. Mate, he Every- got hit with it hard, I think, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, he, 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 he said he was bad. pretty unwell. So, that's like 90% of my friends that have, that have had COVID or had to isolate. And here I am living in the free world, man. Have you I'm out it? there... Nope, not had it, not had to isolate. Uh, I'm out there, you know, every day. 
trying to get people. it like the ninth wave yeah tr- I'm, 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 <laughs> trying to get Are people to doing that now? well I don't think I don't think that's going to be a thing anymore is it I think they should bring it back with a vengeance what was it he had that there was that Sleaze Kidney song called Spit On Me it's all a bit uh, who was the guy that used to shit on stage again Gigi Allen yeah does the guy from uh, Fat White Family not shit on stage I'm probably just shoots up <laughs> I'm sure I've heard things. Uh, What's your greatest fear? Um, open war. Um, yeah, I hate it. I can't do. I can't do. Like I can be on a. I can be on a boat on the water if it's like a big enclosed boat. If I feel safe, see like little little speed boats and little dinghies and whatever. Can't do them. I'll fucking. I'll. I'll be sick and. I'll just. I'll cry the whole time. So if you're looking to, if, if you're looking, looking for to get a romantic padlock yeah. <laughs> in the middle of the open water, I'm the wrong guy. <laughs> I do that. Uh, so you're terrified of dolphins. Uh, no, I'm. I'd, I'd, I'd love to see a dolphin. I'd love to hang out with one. Um, the ocean's it, clowns. The ocean's clowns. Is that what they are? That's what Lenny said, and then he got mauled by them. Really? In the Simpsons <laughs> episode where the dolphins take over the. Oh town. right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. I, I did think for a second you said Lemmy. <laughs> Not Lemmy. I was like, what, did he die from a dolphin attack? I'm pretty sure it was like cancer or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure I would have heard about that. Uh, no, like the ocean interests me massively. But Mary in a trench. Uh, oh, I don't, I don't know that. It's the deepest, what is it, five miles deep? Oh, right. But okay. then they don't know what's at the bottom of it. Yeah. Cause they can't yeah, that's the, that's the scary part as well. Like how little they've actually covered of, of the like entire that. ocean. I like the fact that we don't know everything that's going on here, and there's a lot yeah, of stuff no, that's I, still undiscovered about the world. I like it, but it also absolutely terrifies me. It's a, it's a very very grey area for me, you know. I'm pretty sure we know more about the universe than what's in our oceans. Really, I'm I'm pretty sure that's a statistic. Yeah, that I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. What do you reckon? There's a megalodon lurking around down there. Uh, yeah, that would be cool. Maybe, um, maybe a couple of T Rexes. Maybe that's all. All that happened is dinosaurs. Just they were like they saw the meteors and they were like, right, ocean. Now we'll figure it out once we're there. <laughs> like it'll, it'll be fine. Let's just do it. Find a spot, and they, they, they're just kind of they nested down there. That's what crocodiles are. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure there probably is some relation there as well. Uh, I'll need to I'll need to watch some more documentaries after this. Find out if crocodiles are. What was there was a thing my old flatmate Louis told me. I'm sure I, I remember this big argument going on in our friend group, and it was something. Uh, don't quote me on this. This could be very wrong. It was something like well, ducks. I'm on a podcast, mate. So you're going to be quoted. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't record this part. This is off the record. Um, it was like. Ducks are related to dinosaurs or crocodiles, something like that. I'm going to need to do some research. Ducks I'm going to need to do some ducks. Maybe it's not ducks. No, it is because they're all birds. Oh, okay. Well, maybe maybe there is truth to it then. Like, they I'm reckon sure that velociraptors were feathered and stuff. Oh, really? Mate, you don't oh, wait, know yeah, no, half I didn't. of it. <laughs> I clearly don't. Sorry, I, I forgot I was <laughs> talking to Mr. Mr. Jurassic Park over here. 
Oh, I remember I watched right? all through the Jurassic Park films when I was tripping last summer in lockdown. Really? <laughs> Madness. That's, I that's didn't know what move. was going on. That is a bold move. I, I, yeah. They, they're scary enough as it is. That first film holds up. I reread the book recently as well, actually, which is pretty fascinating. Yeah. Did you ever get into I've those like the crying book. books? No. Don't think so. He's, he's kind of like... Stephen King, you know, in the same way that he writes in that page turning fashion. Yeah. But it's all kind of rooted in science. Yeah. It's fact. Okay, yeah. He's written a lot of kind of cool stuff, though. But he always kind of picks a topic. Like, I think the last one he wrote before he died was about like, genetic engineering. Okay. And where nice. we're kind of going with that and how we can, you know, design our babies and all that jazz. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I watched, a, I watched a documentary on that Netflix one recently talking about like the morals behind it. And. Is that the, do you think there's a question? Conversation. Is there a question there with morals? Do you think? Well, I I think it's the debate is whether like people will abuse it and and you know the disparity between who it's like who has access to it and obviously it will start off like the rich are the only ones that that get to use it and then they'll uh, it's kind of advantageous to them and not to anyone else. It's pretty interesting, but I don't know enough. I'm not planning on um, DIYing a baby. I think that's something that's going to go within our lifetime, though. Like giving birth. I think that's going to be gone. I think that we're just going to fuck. Thing is going to be gone. Oh, a hundred percent. Twenty years. No, no one's no, going to be giving no, within birth within our lifetime. Right. A hundred percent within the next thirty years, births will be over. You'll fucking grow them in test tubes. Hundred percent. I'll hold you to that. Mate, I'm full of my Nostradamus-esque predictions. Yeah, I guess you could just make you could just make as many predictions as you want, and I guess if you base them off some kind of truth, one of them's going to turn out uh, to be factual eventually, and then and then you seem like a genius. I'll be know? dead. I won't have to worry about the repercussions. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you were in the studio with Weekend. <laughs> no, I don't even want to go back to that anymore. Let's continue on this. Um, <laughs> I think on each podcast episode, you should make a claim or make up a conspiracy theory or make a prediction. And eventually, you know, if you get enough in there, something's going to come true and you're going to seem like a genius. Uh, yeah, so Weekend It. Um, so we went in to do two songs two, three weeks ago. We, had to, we ended up having to split it into two separate weeks, doing a Sunday and then a Sunday again, two weeks later, because it was so much rescheduling. And it's Lord's Day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're not meant to play music on the Lord's Day. But you're rebels, so you go against it. Yeah, because rock and roll, you know, what we do. You're Satanists. Yeah, that's what we were. That's where the the kind of power was coming from. The uh, what's the word? The influence. It was. It, we were channeling that satanic spirit. You were channeling Lucifer himself. Yeah, I'm, pr- I'm, I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to tell that in Grant's vocals as well. He's really pushing that that kind of um, that kind of vibe. Really he does got have the a devil. devilish charm. Oh, that was cute. That was pretty nice. I'm sure I love hearing that. Grant are you flirt- are you flirting with Grant Scott? Oh, definitely. <laughs> we can get him on. Never. Grant's he won't banned be doing from the podcast. Is he? That's cool. Yeah, it was Holocaust denying. I just couldn't allow it. Oh, I forgot about that. The Holocaust denying and um, the the hate speech about 
Americans. What hate that whole speech? rant he went. Oh yeah, he does it all the time. He's got he's got a new nation that he's hating on each week. It's horrible. He's a horrible guy to be around. I <laughs> saw. You don't you don't want to be well. Obviously, like when I mean you've done interviews with him before. Seems like a lovely guy on stage. You know, he's got that charm, that charisma. Once the door's shut, man, that guy's evil. He's volatile. Yeah, like he really is channeling Satan. The things he says are, I, I, I don't even want to think about them, let alone repeat them. Is he speaking you know? in tongues? Yeah. Like David Certainly. Byrne. Like David Byrne. I'm intrigued by the fact that you're in how many bands? Two. Oh, I thought it was three. Fuck. Sorry. I guess at one point it was three. Oh, because you had Calm's band. Danny was in it. Yeah. Who else? One more guy. Maybe a guy I live with. Seamus. There you go. It was called Amsterdam or some shit. I can't remember. Yeah. If that's what you want it to be, that's fine. It wasn't Amsterdam. Anaconda. Anaconda. Terrible name. Why? All All band names are terrible. I came to this realization. Every band name is shit but that's okay because all of them are shit do you think they are or do you just think they age poorly no I just think all band names are stupid and mean nothing and are shit I have no I have no 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 reason to think that but um, I do what about Imagine Dragons dreadful I, I can imagine them no problem it sounds a bit like the Wiggles doesn't it the Wiggles. <laughs> the Wiggles. Uh, do you know Imagine what? Dragons. The Wiggles is pretty good. The Wiggles is up there with one of the best. No, but I guess uh, the problem with picking a band name is it either, like, I mean, majority of the time it means nothing and comes from nothing. Like, Weekend Debt and Dutch Wine, they're both just words put together. No, Weekend Debt makes sense because at the end of the weekend you have debt. Well, yeah. See, I think I think Harvey concocted the story it after. paints a picture. Of a scenario. Paints a picture. <laughs> that was that was said with a lot of enthusiasm. I'm going about Craig um, Ferguson. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, I went I went on a bit of a streak of not wanting to listen to any bands with the in their title. Just overdone. The 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 the. That's see, a good band see, name, though. Yeah, that's that's a double negative. I like that. Band it cancels though. it out. It's nice. Though. I mean, I do and I don't. Uh, I guess it's it's if you don't care about any. That's sort a double of, negative. I do and I don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you don't care about any accessibility or, or, you know, easy, easiness. That was before the age of Google and stuff, though. You could have a cool yeah. band name and it didn't matter. What about that band name that's just the the three exclamation marks? Check check check. Yeah. Great band. Great band. Very good band. But it's the podcast, noise, podcast Illuminati. They were on a podcast. Episode 46. Oh, shit. I'll need to go back and listen to that. No hate, guys, if you're listening. Love the band, but shit name. I think that's a great name pre internet era. Yeah. I guess it leaves a lot of mystery, doesn't it? But I think as well, because the, what they used to frame it as was you could you could say it as any three like vowels kind of cut up. Yeah. Like, chit, chit, chick. Uh, 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 just whatever you wanted. Yeah. I like that kind of interpretation of it. Yeah, fair enough. You know what? I was actually, I was listening to the new Tyler the Creator record today. I haven't listened to it yet. Is it good? Maybe my favorite album of the year so far. Really? Nice. But that's a great name to give yourself. It's pretty cool. 
it's got a Basically lot of Tyler charisma the God. about it. Tyler the Creator. Yeah. Got a lot of charisma about it. And it's it suits him as well. I oh, think. without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It fits the vibe. Like it makes sense. There there's another one that makes sense, you know. Kanye West makes sense. Does it? What's his real name? Kanye West. I I, I lost all I'll hope for celebrities when I found out Bruno Mars is called Peter. <laughs> you know, it just, it really, it's like finding out Santa Claus isn't real. What's it his ruins, last name? Where is he from? Is he Cuban? Yeah, I think it's South American. I don't, I'm not too sure. I think, I think the second half of his name is pretty cool. It's like Peter Gabriel Hernandez or something. Pretty slick. Peter but, Gabriel. Peter yeah. Gabriel. Peter, Peter Gabriel. <laughs> I didn't even realise. Maybe I'm just making that up. I can't Sub- remember. You're tapping into your subconscious, man. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, I just need to go and listen to Peter Gabriel. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, when I found out his... Oh, now I'm just typing in Peter Gabriel. I'm meant to be typing <laughs> in Bruno Mars. Peter Jean Hernandez. Sorry. That's a shit name. I know. Jean Hernandez is kind of cool. Sounds like a trainer. Like the guy that's done the gym. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, when I found out he was called Peter, that really st- it stung. You know, it hit me in it hit me in the heart. But having said that, big fan of the guy. I am a I am a Bruno Mars advocate. We were actually just talking about my dinner tonight. You're all about that doo-ups and hooligans. Oh yeah! Oh, what an album! <laughs> what a pop record, man! I've definitely got a couple of his albums on CD from when I was like eight years old somewhere. Yeah. I've got do I've got do ups on CD. Nothing else other than that. To be fair, I don't have that. It's all you what need. Was it? Yeah, that's that's the one. What's that? It's got um, count on me on it, and talking to the moon. What about unorthodox jukebox? Get better, gorilla yeah, that, going. Yeah, that was the other one. It's got lazy song on it, doesn't it? I never really How liked does that lazy go again? song. Today I don't feel like doing anything. Do 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 do. That one. That's like go fuck yourself song. Like when you hear that, you yeah. just want to tell the person who wrote it to go fuck themselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't like that song. But also come on the podcast. Everyone. Isn't are you getting them for the 200, 200 special? Oh no, you've got Kylie Minogue lined up for that, don't you? Kylie Minogue lined up Miss for the Kylie. special. Miss Australia herself. Nah, this podcast would definitely have Danny. We'd get the kind of lower budget version. <laughs> lower budget. Oh, she's not going to come on now if you said that. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, I feel like I'll wait. I don't know. I'll probably undercook that. I feel like I undercooked episode 100. I didn't think anything of it. And then I remember you messaged me and a few other people messaged me being like, who's going to be episode 100? And I was like, yeah. I have not thought anything about this. I'm just putting out another episode. <laughs> you know, like. It's just numbers to a name. That's all I am. I did like that Dan Crow episode. It yeah. was an enjoyable conversation, but I didn't put any kind of grand thought behind it. I guess the whole point of these episodes, though, is that there's not, it's not like, not like a big deal about them. It's just like you record them and you put them out. Like what you said about like your kind of the way you market and promote is almost by not doing it. Yeah. I feel like it's very, it's interesting Like when I look at anything I've ever done creatively, it's always a process of kind of starting off more produced and then going back to being more refined and more raw and just kind of cutting all the fat out. Yeah. Like if you look at this now, it's an intro and then it's the podcast and then it's yeah. closing music. It, there's nothing else to it. And 
it just feels i think when we start doing the film stuff as well it's going to kind of continue into that the plan is just mm-hmm. to do it pretty unedited i think there's scope to do something like that i kind of almost what joe rogan did where he kind of took over the market with his free-flowing conversations but from music because yeah. he has a very kind of particular he's about him he's got his yeah. own brand it, whereas this is more about the guest it's just completely yeah. about the guest there's no vintage yeah. society kind of fan base if you will yeah it's all about okay. who's coming on the show so you think it's more of like uh like a coming and going thing i think all music sites are like that i looked up today because i was out of interest i looked up what the kind of biggest music sites in the UK had done numbers-wise so far this year. Mm-hmm. I think they're a reflection of that. Like like Dork, for example, you'd think of yeah. them as one of the biggest music sites in the UK. Yeah. 125,000 views in the first six months of this year on their site. I mean, is that is that pretty small? And Joe Rogan put out a video today where they were talking about wild boars in Texas. And in nine classic, hours, classic that, Joe Rogan. And in nine topic. hours, that did a hundred and thirty-five thousand views. Wow! In nine hours, that did more views than Dark has done in its entire year. I think it's a reflect. I think any of these organizations, even out with music, what you perceive to be your brands, I think it's a lot more valuable than it used to be. I think it's very much coming and going, and it's based upon who is on, yeah. who's being interviewed. And I mean, as, yeah, as well with like the coming and going thing, like different trends happen so quickly nowadays it's hard to keep up and like if you're not changing with the trends then there's going to be a point where you kind of lose that you lose that uh that popular mainstream fan base or but then that's where i think people or organizations like where we're at have a position to capitalize upon that because we don't need to be a part of those trends yeah, we can okay, exist yeah. that with them and then we can just grab from them and pull those people from those trends onto the podcast and it's uh, always relevant smart yeah I see what you're saying I think if you remove yourself from the equation and just exist as something on the outer sphere of it it's a lot easier to achieve longevity than being you immersed within essentially it. think of it as a platform more than anything else 100% this is why I was talking about you because I don't know if people know but you help out with like the social media and stuff now and uh huh all that jazz. But it's about speaking to you about the week with uh, user interaction. Yeah. And this idea of you need to try and get users more interactive than they are on YouTube and try and create the sense of community. That's what. That's why Twitter, that's why Instagram, that's why these platforms flourish is through people interacting. It's a two-way, it's a reciprocal thing. And yeah. that's part of the problem with a lot of these platforms, whether it be reading or whether it be listening, it's very one way. It's coming at you. There's not, you're not giving okay, anything yeah. back to it. Yeah. In order to create a tangible connection, you need people to give to it. Mm-hmm. Like they'll comment. Like if you look on YouTube, whatever, that's what comments are. Yeah. It's a community. It's people interacting with it. That's what I think journalism at large needs to try and focus on and link into. Mm-hmm. That's why it's dying. Cause it's not. Yeah. Who wants to read a fucking guardian article? It's like, <laughs> you're not getting anything back from it. You yeah. Know. There's, it, it needs to be like, uh, a two-way thing, like you said. It needs to be reciprocal, yeah, 100%. Yeah. But it's difficult. Like, I don't know how you do that. I can ask that question, but I have no idea how, from a journalist's yeah, you point can, you, of view, you, you create that tangible connection. It's hard. You can understand the problem, but it's, it's actually like executing the solution that is the hard part. Well, because arguably Twitter has already fixed it. Yeah. 
if we're looking at it in the context of journalism, something happens in, I mean, where was that explosion last year? Was it Lebanon? Remember that massive uh, kind of nuclear oh, blast? The, yeah, yeah, I think so. Within five minutes, that's on Twitter of it happening and everyone's commenting on it. That's that, that's that interaction going back and forth. But it's like, how do you take that away from that platform? Almost decentralize it, but also regulate it so that it's factual. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a conundrum. Yeah, that's you can't where, really do both. Yeah, that's where it becomes a bit of a gray area, a bit of a problem. I think VR will probably bring something in that will kind of sort it out, though. Are you a, are you a VR advocate? In what sense? I don't know. Do you like it? Do you have a VR headset? I don't, but I mean, that's where it's going, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. That 100%. Like... I mean, what's going to happen is AI is going to come in and take all the jobs to a certain extent within the next 40, 50 years. I mean, that yeah, that's been happening for a while anyway. It's going to get worse. I mean, teachers are going to go, nurses will go, accountants will go. Shop workers. Yeah, it's, it's all going to go. And then at what point we're going to need to bring in some sort of universal Regulation basic income. Regulation for it, yeah. No, some form of universal basic income, but that won't pay enough. I mean, the current plan they've drafted up for that is like five and a half grand a year per person, at which point people aren't going to want to live in this world if that's what they're getting paid. Yeah. So they're going to hop somewhere else. And then yeah. that'll become the new kind of frontier. It's the same as going to Mars. We've fucked this world. We just need to find another way to oh, leave yeah. behind. I'm on my way to Mars. Yeah, I've been working with the guys. You're on Elon that. Musk's little space shuttle. Yeah. Yeah, I've been working with the guys over at uh, SpaceX. That's, an, that's another issue though, privatizing space travel. Like Yeah. Is that a good show? Is is privatizing anything? If this is the issue, because if you want it to excel and you need it to push forward, privatizing probably is the way to go about it, but in the long run, not such a great idea. This uh this conversation has become a very different thing in the last twenty minutes. Since I went on to the fifth beer. Yeah. Oh, it's always the fifth. Always the fifth beer. You just enter, you enter Elon Musk. AI, private, privatization. I am usually quite, that's one of the issues, that's one, that's maybe why I think that the podcast has got a little bit still, because there's no real catharsis on it from my point of view. In what way? I'm not really giving much to it, I'm always just prompting something for another person, which I don't have a problem with, but if that's your main creative outlet, there's a lack of getting back from it in a direct right. sense. I see. What you want, you want more of a... You feel it's not it's not as as two way a lot of the time. I don't think I get much back from it in a direct emotional sense. But then even doing something like this every couple of weeks, yeah, where it's more of an open dialogue and it's just kind of chatting back and forth, would probably do that. Maybe that's something yeah, I need to do. I'd I'd say you've you've spoken more than me to be honest. In the last twenty minutes, yeah, yeah, maybe in the last twenty minutes, you've had more to say. It's because I've hit the fifth beer. <laughs> Whereas my chamomile and honey tea is just, I'm just. I'm just slowing down. I mean, do you think about this kind of stuff? What sort of stuff is kind of perpetuating through the mind of Calvin J. Smith? Oh, I don't know. That, that's a tough question. Are you, you're essentially asking me, what am I thinking? What troubles you, though? Like we were talking about AI. We were, ta- we're talking about kind of going to Mars. What's the sort of stuff that's on your mind that plagues you, that troubles your daily existence? Oh, I worry about everything. To be honest, I'd say I'm a, I would say I'm a worrier. I'm a worrying guy. Have you always been? Maybe, maybe not as much. I'm definitely nowadays more on the edge, but I think that's also because 
you become more aware and more I guess it's it's that question you've asked before, like optimism or, or pessimism. And I think you just end up falling into one of the categories. And I seem to have fallen into pessimism a lot of the time. Uh, but then that's also where I get a lot of my creativity and relief from is a lot of it flows from that view of reality and the world, which then as that comes out through, through music is, is the release. And it kind of, kind of goes against that. And that, that, that's where it makes me feel better. Your belief is pessimistic, but through creating you become optimistic. Yeah, I guess that's a much, yeah, much easier way of putting it. That happens just pretty naturally. I think a lot of music actually comes from pessimistic people turning that that point of view into optimism, as you said. I think if you question things, you're naturally pessimistic. Right. Do you know what I think? Um, I think if you start I mean, yeah. picking apart thing, you you start picking apart things at the seams. Right. It's going to fall apart a little bit and you're going to become a little bit embittered and pessimistic. But then doesn't, doesn't everyone question things? No. You do, 100% no. no. Do you? Yeah, but I mean, I go out for pints with people in Aberdeen and I'm like, these people don't. <laughs> they, they, they question things. No, that makes me sound like a prick. They question things on their daily... A pretentious wanker. They definitely question things on a daily level, but... But not to an extent. Where there's it becomes no, a problem. I'm very existential and there's no existential shit going mm, on there. Mm-hmm. It's why does it, it, they question things in terms of why does this girl not like me? Not what's the not, fucking point of life? Yeah. Okay. I see. I guess you do get people who just kind of roll through life very. The majority, I reckon. 100%. Nonchalantly. See, yeah, it's hard to tell because. But it's, it's the same. It's the same emotional distress. It's just different. We worry about, you know, why are we here? What's the point? What happens afterwards? They worry about, am I going to have a wife? Are my kids going to be safe? Am I going to have a good job? It's the same emotional distress. It's the same value. It's just different. Two sides of the same coin. So you think that, but you think that doesn't make them pessimistic? Not for the most part, because those things are, those things have answers to a certain extent. Mm, Well... They do and they don't. That question you're saying, oh, am I going to find love? Am I going to end up alone? That's a very, that's a very worrying thing for uh, like the majority of people, I think. I it's think also rigged the, against you because it's not supposed to last for 70 years. Yeah, I know. But that's kind of, that's, that's what society has come to believe, isn't it? Or, well, maybe not so much anymore. Has come to believe what that 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 is the natural kind of grain of life, you know. You're you're a child and you learn and you grow up and then you find love and you settle down and you have a happy life. Whereas, as you're saying, it's not as simple as that. But surely, like them having that view or them having that question is just as pessimistic as as some of the questions we may ask ourselves, even if that's not something that, that that we worry about. But in most cases, the people asking that question likely have it, I think. 
Right. So you, you think it's when people are people who already have kind of obtained that. I'm trying not to come across as condescending. <laughs> That's what I'm struggling to do. I don't think you are. But it's very easy just to say that people who are a little yeah. bit less intelligent. It's not even intelligence, though. It's just a kind of... It's a different way of Difference life. in approach, yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just a totally different reality. Like, you're seeing, you're seeing the world through one window that's the same, but then you're seeing it through another that's totally different. But it, it's interesting because when it comes to preference, I'd rather go for girls that have that kind of field of view. Right. Because you always, you always go for people who have characteristics that you want, which makes it yeah. that I want that kind of simpler way of questioning things. Right. So what you've, what you, let me just sum up everything you've just said. You, you want to go, you want to fall in love with someone who's much, much less intelligent than you. <laughs> is, that what, is that what you say? <laughs> just, just to get that in writing, if we could say now. <laughs> oh, man. You're digging yourself a hole. I don't want to commit to that on a podcast. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. What about you, Calvin? What about me? Go on. What do you ask for? Me. What do you look Ask for? me the deep question. What do you uh, look for in another? In and in a, in a partner. I look for... Um, well, you have a partner, so you have a kind of... I do. A template to go off of. Weird calling her a partner. She's just my girlfriend. Partner makes it sound... I don't know. Partner has, I think, odd connotations sometimes. Not in a, not in a bad way. Just, and then people say partner to desexualize it though, don't they? Yeah, I think so. Which is not a bad thing. But I grew up with partner being your dad's mate who had had a girlfriend for 20 years, but they never got married. Yeah. I grew up with partner being the guy you do your science project with. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) very different meanings. I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. I'm definitely more towards like picking up on, on personality first. Like, as in, you know, some people have a type in terms of looks. You know, you get the guys that go on Love Island. They're like blonde hair, blue eyes, funny. And it's just, it's just like three kind of common denominators. And, and, and most of it is to do with like appearance. You just describe Whereas, my type, mate. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't think I have a type in terms of appearance. But I'd say the the type. I don't think you comes. decide your type, though. No, you don't. I and that's something you get you labeled on you, and then you look this back is, and you're like, "I hate myself." Yeah, this is why I'm saying. This is why I'm saying it's. It, you've really got to psychoanalyze yourself. Really got to dig deep because it's not. You don't. You don't like. I mean, the, the same with with sexuality. You don't really choose it, and it, it's hard to hard to understand how it's come about so you don't think about it on a conscious level you just go with your gut oh yeah definitely definitely i wouldn't i wouldn't like if i was on a date i was like oh well every girl i've dated has blonde hair and you don't have blonde hair that means i can't date you you know always nothing to that extent at all but i think i think i think that with 
friendships. Yeah. Yeah. And relationships. You don't ever think about it until maybe, you know, like obviously in hindsight, if, if I understand I don't get on with someone and then the more I think about it, the more I'll be like, oh, it's because of this. Because they, they show this quality, which I maybe don't like and stuff like that. You know, you, once you dig deep, it makes sense. But on day-to-day life and forming relationships and meeting people, I'm, I'm, I'm ne- that's never at the forefront of my mind, I don't think. Because uh, then you become a very judgy person as well, I think. It's easy to do, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think everyone obviously judges to an extent. Like, first impressions obviously mean something. That bugs me, though. Yeah, it is. Because I'm not... I can be awkward in first impressions. I think I'm very boring on first impressions. Oh, don't worry. You're boring on second impressions as well. Thanks, Calvin. <laughs> when did I first I'm Sorry, meet that was you? too easy. You set me up. Uh, we, met, uh, we met a gig. That was it Callum, the Anaconda gig? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Callum had brought you to it. First impressions, go. Uh, quiet, because we didn't talk at all. Like, that's I, I was what my next thing was going to be. We I barely met. You. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were giving me the devil eyes. We barely met because we didn't actually talk. The next time I met you after that was the weekend day interview. Right. First impressions there then. Much different from the other night because obviously this one, there's so much more conversation, much more talkative. (laughs) The interview is probably not that great. I don't really remember it. Probably not in hindsight. It was in in Sleazy's. I was interviewing you. Just in, in a back corner. There's almost all definitely that. music way too loud in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything. Everything else apart from the, apart from the the talking is too loud. <laughs> definitely. I remember that. I'd say I'd say you gave a good first impression to me. If that's what you're asking. Interesting. But then, how but, would that compare upon how you actually perceive me now? Um, not too much of a disparity. I think I just know you more as an actual person now rather than a guy who's interviewing us. You know, <laughs> not that I mean, not that that's all that I viewed you as, but I didn't expect us to be here now. I wasn't expecting longevity from that, from that friendship or that relationship. Neither was I probably, but then I've done like, yeah, exactly. And I've you, probably you done you like mu- 600 interviews and like how many people yeah. have I actually stayed you mu- you must in touch have, with. Yeah. You must have that with the majority of people. You don't expect it to, to be a thing for life, you know? No. But here we are, partners in crime. <laughs> partners, sorry, we're not meant to use that. I always feel like I'm very boring on a first impression. I feel like I'm weirder. You feel you're weird? Not oh, weirder, like you but get weirder. a little bit more idiosyncratic. Mm, yeah, I, I see what you mean. But, I, I mean, you could say that about... I could say that about a lot of people. Like, the more you you learn about you someone... You side. Yeah, you see, okay, this guy's a bit weird. Obviously, there's there's a there's a percentage of people that are dull and boring, and you get that on a first impression, and then nothing changes that. See, that's how I feel like I come across in an interview setting. Nah, I don't think so. Because as well, you've always asked interesting questions as in podcasts and interviews. And that's like, that's like a little window into, into your mind. I think the fact that your conversation is already interesting 
given the the boundaries that you're in, being an interviewer and time limits and whatever, having that window into your mind is is good. It's a good thing for you. <laughs> that sense kind of didn't really put, get put together very well, but I know what I'm saying in my head. You're not boring. I find that interesting yeah. to view in context of what we were saying earlier as well about how I've gotten a bit brighter and a mm-hmm. bit more into it and animated because I feel like my questioning was always ahead of my interviewing, if that makes sense. As in? I was always more eager to ask interesting questions, but in terms of my presenting style and my right. natural it's the actual execution. To, yeah, it's always behind. Yeah. Well, but even I, now, I, I think my like my interviewing and the questions I want to ask are always ahead of where I'm at as an interviewer and a presenter myself. I'd feel I I could say the same for for music and creating music is I'm still finding it hard sometimes to execute the ideas that I want in my head, but it's like like each time you're getting closer and closer, I think. But there's still, I think, as well, if you're always trying to better yourself, you're always going to be in that frame of mind because you're going to keep thinking you can do better. You're In your head, you're just thinking of ways to improve. So you're always, in your head, you're always going to be one step ahead, essentially. What's the closest on um, execution has been to the idea? I think a lot of the... The recent Dutch wine stuff we did, we went up to Inverness to record six songs in Luke's parents' little cottage. And we'd literally put blood, sweat and tears into like dissecting these six songs and making sure every part made sense. Every part was, was how we wanted and imagined it to be. And I mean, it helps that we're all kind of on the same wavelength anyway. But then there was even points where me and Chris would have differing ideas about about vocal lines and vocal melodies. And the the fact we talked every single minute detail out and explained it and you see it from you see it from each other's point of view, it really, really helped the like the final kind of final product because you're not just you're not just seeing it from from your own point of view and it it was already very collaborative initially but going through it together and like even though I'm the one singing all of us taking the melodies apart and going okay this is good but you could do this here and then you know there was so many things that changed along the way, even when we were actually recording it, that I think because we spent so much time on it, 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 it really turned out how we wanted it to and how we imagined it initially. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.